Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Let's Talk Courses with me, Meg Parkinson. Today is a bit more of a horse behavioural thought process rather than biomechanical, but it's all related to how we deal with things and stuff. It was recorded for my new uh, audio session series for the Academy called Yard Talks. Um, if you're a member of the Academy, you get access to a private podcast. And on there is are over 50 audio lessons that you can have in your ear whilst you ride. And I can teach you along whilst you ride, which have been groundbreaking breaking for so many of our members because it just gives them a point of focus for their rides, helps them with their position all the way through to their horse's way of going. And we've had some massive breakthroughs there. And I've now begun this yard talk series for members too, where I get to answer some questions um in a little bit more of an elongated format the this session or recording was made for number two of the yard talks and it was a continuation of a question that i had asked of me by one of our members about a horse spooking or behaving with a spook at shows there was obviously a part one to it um and this is part two and it's all about trigger stacking and I've listened to this episode back myself, which is very rare. I rarely listen to my own episodes back. Um, and I just feel like you might benefit from this as well. So um, take a listen. If you like it and you want more, more of things like this, you know where to go. Head over to my website. Join the Academy. It's £15 a month. There is a ton of stuff. I'm just preparing for a webinar for this evening. Um, there's so many things that we do as a group. We have our own app where we have members chat and we connect in a really safe and secure environment, ask questions, share experiences. We have obviously uh, equi-stretch sessions, so exercises, yoga stroke strength and conditioning exercise classes that are live with me and then oh, over hundreds of um pre-recorded and also any of the live ones get recorded and go over there there's access to all of my yoga lessons as well that were recorded over the two years of lockdown there's access to my meditation sessions there's access to my blogs there's, there's so much content I can't I mean I can't tell you so go and have a little look around and especially if you like what we talked about on this um this is not necessarily my mainstream content output on social media um but this is definitely a massive passion of mine as i said i'm just getting ready for a, a webinar this evening which is all about horses mind and riders mind and how we bring come together as a connection so yeah enjoy um and i'll see you on the other side hello so this is episode two of yard talks and we're going to continue on with the spooky horse kind of theme and today i'm going to talk to you about trigger stacking so um this is something i learned about years ago and to be fair it kind of got wedged into a little box in my brain and <laughs> um hasn't come out for a while but thinking about some of your questions about what to do with certain horses especially when we're at shows when we're away from home and different things are happening has started to bring this thing of trigger stacking back into my mind why do our horses behave a certain way 
when we're in different situations. Now, obviously, there are levels of because certain situations are are different for our horses. So therefore, it gets them closer to that kind of fight, flight, sympathetic space. But also, there's a really great way of thinking. Well, I find it a great way of thinking about it in a way of called what we call trigger stacking. Um, other people might call it the window of tolerance, if you've ever heard that. So basically, we all have, and all of us, humans, horses, animals, have a level of comfort that we're okay to deal within. So as long as maybe uh, we can cope with um, everything, is, as long as everything's okay within our life, we can cope with a little bit of emotional stress. Um as long as we're emotionally stable, then we can be okay with we can be okay with some physical stress, so exhaustion and things like that. But we start to get out of our window of tolerance when we start to add a little bit more of the the uncomfortable sides of life, and we get and and they start to pile up. We talk about things piling up and things like that. So trigger stack it, stacking is a way of thinking like this. So if we take our horse. We might find that they and every horse, like every human, has a very different level of a vessel. Some people can carry an awful lot, emotional resilience, they call it, where they can carry an awful lot, juggle a lot of balls in the air and not feel like that they they reach their limit. Um, But then it can be something really simple that makes them just kind of become overwhelmed, flips them over the edge. And then, and horse and horses are the same. Some people, some horses might carry very little, and it's and the and the their their limit is very comes a lot earlier. And we have to respect that. That's just how our lives are formed. But also, we never know kind of what's going on and kind of how we've added to this. So with our horses, we um, a horse, for example, could go along and they can at home in an area that they feel completely comfortable with. They can cope. Um, they can cope with a rider being slightly unbalanced. They can maybe even cope with their saddle not fitting brilliantly. But the fact that they're in their own comfort zone means that they are still within their window of tolerance. Not ideal because both of these are creating something challenging for our horse to deal with, but they are within their window of tolerance. So that they don't so they don't kind of show the behaviours that we were talking about regarding spooking or getting really flighty or getting turning into a dragon um, and all of those things that we kind of relate to as uncomfortable behaviours from them, think behaviours we, we don't want to see from them because it's showing them that they're, tr- they're showing us that they're trying to tell us something, that they're not happy with something. But they don't reach that point because they are still working within their window of tolerance. But all that can happen is we can just change that situation and we can have still have the horse being ridden slightly unbalanced, still have the horse in that saddle that's not quite fitting perfectly. But because we've taken them into a different situation, that extra thing, that extra trigger has been stacked on top. And that is enough for a horse to demonstrate the behaviours that maybe another horse would demonstrate through just the rider being unbalanced. So it's about how many triggers can our, how many things can our horse deal with before they demonstrate that behaviour. And if you listen back to the yard talks number one, where I talked about where we get, where we start from a real low level of parasympathetic, and the closer we are to that sympathetic stage, the easier it is to flip over. It's exactly the same. It's the same thinking, but it's just a little bit more practical. And when I was thinking about it, I thought, oh, maybe maybe this is a good way to think. So. 
you might have your horse that behaves in your in you're happy with their behavior at home but the second you take them out their their behavior switches and that can just be a sign that they are they are coming outside of their window of tolerance they have had enough triggers that it's flipped them into that edge of sympathetic so what do we do about that well we have to try our hardest to remove all of the other triggers so that if so then it becomes just a movement into another place rather than them coping with everything else and if that is the case then they are less likely to make that flip so we need to look at how our horse reacts and responds into every other aspect of their life so it can be a simple thing so let's take a competition and let's take that day of a competition so first of all you've got potentially putting travel boots on so your horse some horses are really comfortable with travel boots some horses aren't so much comfortable with travel boots some horses will really tell you they're not comfortable with travel horse travel boots and some horses won't and if you're in another country where you don't know what travel boots are because I know we all travel and haul our horses very differently um travel boots in the UK are these like big long protective boots that cover the knees and cover the hocks they tend to be done up reasonably tight so they don't slip in travel and some horses if they're not worn very regularly or if they haven't had the training around them they tolerate these but they don't they're not necessarily comfortable within them so that could be just the simple act of putting travel boots on your horse could be one of those triggers, one of those things that they're unhappy with. Now, they don't need to be lashing about because at that moment they're just tolerating it. So they're, they're, they're not happy with it, but they're tolerating it. So they could be standing quietly, but understanding our horse's behaviour, looking for things like blinking, looking for things like breathing, looking for things like tension. We need to know whether our horse is happy with that. So if that is the case and you go, oh my God, yeah, no, my horse doesn't like having those boots on, but I know I need to have them on because they protect his legs and he's going to be in a, like, he will stand on his feet or he'll pull a shoe or whatever. What can we do with that? Well, we can teach them and we can train them at home. Don't need to load them. Don't need to take them just every day, wearing them for a little while until they become used to and knowing that they are safe. So not only, not only ever just putting them on when we travel. So training our horses to remove one of those triggers. But that could be one trigger. So we've got the travel boots on our horse and we've dropped the ramp of the trailer or the lorry. And if you don't have a ramp, we've just opened the back to jump on. I know, again, we all haul in such different ways. And please, if you have different experiences to what I'm talking about in the way you haul, I'm fascinated and I'm sure everyone else in the academy will be too. So dump them into the members chat and let's talk about different ways of hauling. Because the way I talk about it is how we do it in the UK, but you might... It might be so different to you, so please, please let me know. So in the UK, we've dropped the ramp and we've got to load our horse into the trailer. So again, your horse, when you were practising loading them in the trailer all those years ago, did you have travel boots on? Quite often we do training where we feed our horses on the trailer, but we teach them to walk on and off and they don't have those boots on. So that's one window, one level of trigger, but it's not stacked with the other one. So how do our, how does our horse really feel about loading? Do they happily walk on? Do they hold their breath when they walk on? Do they require a little bit of a tug when they walk on? Do they kind of reading into that and actually going, yeah, no, he's not that happy with being on. Like he'll tolerate it, which is which is kind of fine. I kind of cope with that. He's been tolerating it. But actually, no, if I really think about it, he's not loving it. 
he's not like, yay, let's get in the trailer, we're going somewhere exciting. He's like, oh, I'll get on with it. So is that another thing that he or she is tolerating within that day of what you're doing with the competition? And again, that's another stack. That's a, that's another lift up closer to that sympathetic nervous system. Again, not showing any huge behaviours, not thrashing around. I mean, some of your horses, might that might be their window of tolerance done. And they might get on the box and throw themselves around. But other, quite often what happens if we're actually getting to the show and wondering what's going on is our horses are tolerating it. They're still coping it. But the anxiety levels are lifting inside. If we're not... I heard a comment, quote the other day, it said, it's in the smallest behavioural changes that we miss, we learn the most about our horse. It's in the smallest behavioural changes that we miss, we learn the most about our horse. So the holding the breath, the not blinking, the slight tension, that's our horse telling us a huge amount. And we so often miss that, especially in the morning of a competition. We're busy, we're getting on. Horse is loaded. It's not stood at the bottom of the ramp going, hell no, it's on. So let's just flip the ramp up and go. So we're we're on. Horse has tolerated that, not loving it. So we've got travel boots that they're not loving, but they're tolerating. We've now got a trailer or a lorry that they've tolerated, but they're not loving. We then get to a show and we um, get them off and we've got a new environment and that might be enough that those three trigger those three things might be enough to start to send them into a raging dragon they come off the trailer they're now like I'm so anxious about everything that's just happened and now I've got to deal with this you know you've felt that before you know you've walked into work after a crap morning and someone just needs to say one thing that on another day would not trigger you at all but because you're already so full up just sends you into like orbit we've all been there and that's the same for our horses it's that building and building and building we've also got things like changes of routine in there as well and if our horses are real routine lovers that's really big we've got um then if we do in all of that, if we have a slightly dodgy fitting saddle, if we're slightly tense in ourselves or quite tense in ourselves, all of those things just compile to 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 blow the top effectively. So trigger stacking is really interesting and it can be exactly the same if you've got a horse that responds in a certain way out on a hack, you've got a horse that responds in a certain way being led. Just having a look and breaking it down. It's not always the big obvious stuff that's created the explosion. Just like with us, it's the fact that your child spilt porridge all over the floor then wet themselves and then you were just about to leave the leave the house and the dog had pooed on the carpet and all the little things lead up to the when someone says have you got a pencil sharpener you're like I haven't got anything (laughs) stop asking me (laughs) we've all been there and it's small and I think what we can sometimes look at our horses though is we're looking for like the big obvious pill like, oh, well, they're doing that because because of this. And actually, it's more than likely with our horses is they're doing that because of this, 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 this. And they're all so small. You can't believe that that, that action four hours ago back at the yard is now creating what you've got in the show ring. That thing, that action there 
when you were tacking up is now creating what's happening now. And it's the linking of the dots. And then it's the case of, and this is the hard bit for us all to swallow, but I promise you, like with everything, it works. If you take those little bits apart and make sure that everything is really good. So all of those little wobbly bits are actually trained well so that your horse is not tolerating something but is comfortable with it and this is what's really key is if we're all very honest we probably get to the point of tolerating and then go okay well they're behaving so we'll move on and actually there's a big gap between tolerating and enjoying as you well know you might tolerate standing in a queue waiting for something there's quite a big jump to get to enjoying standing in a queue waiting for something or whatever it might be uh if you're if you're worried about flying you've got people that have to be dragged onto an airplane because they're not going to get on you've got people like me that will tolerate it that will sit there breathing quietly not screaming just enough just i'm tolerating this to get me to enjoy flying, there's going to be a big load of work there. And I don't like that's a big gap in my mind. So if you think about something that you tolerate and then get to enjoy. Now, if if I spent my life or if every time I needed to do something successfully, I had to fly there. That's going to be a big issue with me because that's going to bring my anxiety levels to a high point before I had to do the next thing. And if the next thing on top of that was something that I was anxious about as well, you can see how those trigger stacks would happen very quickly. So, for example, I don't like public speaking, believe it or not. So if I had to fly to somewhere to stand on a stage to talk in front of people, I don't know whether I'd get there because the flight in itself would be using so much of my ability to tolerate life that actually the ability to do the next thing would be very, very, I'd have no energy for it. So how your horses respond to those tiny things and those steps that you create up to that point are really key. So if you've got a horse that does something, doesn't do it anywhere else, but does something um out what you deem is out of the blue my biggest thing is to trace back and see whether we've had some trigger stacking so see whether there's been a like a crossing of boundaries previous to that whether it is that your horse tolerates being tacked up but doesn't love it does your horse tolerate having rugs put on but don't love it like looking at all of those things all of those interactions that we have with our horses and taking them apart and going right we're going to do the work so you love this so you're no longer tolerating it and and like with anything with work with thought with time we can get from tolerating to loving but we have to be imaginative with it we have to be present with it we can't be in a rush and even if it is the positive reinforcement of reward so Every time you do a girth up, is your horse a bit girthy? Does your horse lay their ears back? Do they just hold their breath? Do they blow out? Or are they completely happy with having their girth done up that nothing changes within their body? Is that just enough of a toleration that then you add in something else on top of that and we're starting to stack those triggers and we're getting very close to that sympathetic space? So what from this is I want you to look at is 
what is going on that's leading to this next thing and am I starting to build quite a high tower of these triggers and what happens if I could start to do the work and take the time to do the work to remove some of those triggers because my horse can learn to love them so they're no longer in that pot and therefore then I'm maintaining my horses in the window of tolerance so the only thing that they are then uncomfortable with say for example on that competition day is being in a new environment and then slowly over time we can practice being in a new environment making it fun so with apple recently competitions have been a place she gets she gets apple juice as a drink rather than water to encourage her to drink she loves that she gets a little bit of a, a bit of her feed there like everything becomes a little bit more about apple and what what would you like on a day out i'd like a nice lunch i'd like i'd like to have some nice drink and kind of creating a nice environment for her so it's not this place of like just high pressure that there's some stuff going on there that's nice for her and we've still got a long way to go apple shows her intolerance of competitions or different spaces in an inward way so she shuts right down she doesn't turn into a raging dragon she goes very much inwards and so for me is I don't want her to feel like she has to go inwards I want her to enjoy it I could do anything I liked on her at a competition but I wouldn't feel like she was with me I'd feel like I was making her do it and she was tolerating it and that's not a nice feeling so my constant challenge at the moment is when we go away from home whether it's to an arena hire or whether it's um, to a competition or any sort of environment that we make it as fun for her as possible so she starts to learn to get excited about it different pony Elsa the Shetland literally shakes with excitement about going out she sees the trailer trailer ramped up and first of all I was like are you really that worried about it no she drags me on the trailer and when she gets off she is so happy because she loves attention and for her because everything's lead range she's got me 100% of the time the whole time we're out so for her it's like this is my day I've got my mum next to me. I get all the attention. I get told I'm amazing all of the time. She loves it. So you can create that environment that is is good for our horses, that they do get excited about it. And you might have a horse that is excited about it. Brilliant. That's really good. And what we want to try to do is create that in everything that we ask our horses. Can it be fun? Can we get them from tolerating to enjoyment because if you can make that gap on a lot on most of the things you do yes there are some things that are harder to get that but there's no reason why we can't but if you can make that gap from if you can bridge that gap from tolerating to enjoyment your trigger stacking becomes much less because you're not stacking a load of things and I'm like, all things like picking out feet. Does your horse enjoy it? Do they lift their feet up themselves or do they like wedge them to the ground where you have to yank them up? Are they tolerating you picking their feet up? Are they tolerating you brushing them? How can you make it fun for them? How can you make it interesting for them? So, so much. So hopefully this has got you really thinking about actually um, the pre pre spook pre reaction pre whatever you want to call it pre naughtiness however you want to frame it we all know it's probably not naughtiness it's something else but pre the pre the demonstration of not happy what is going on and 
if you honestly asked yourself if you could map through the day even if you take a notepad and write everything that happens from the moment you make contact with your horse to that point where that thing happens could you can you put a green happy face uh uh amber not so sure face or a red really not happy face next to everything and then with that what what are coming up amber and what are coming up red and how many greens have you got and it will be quite an interesting practice to do and your aim and your goal would be to turn as many of those ambers and reds to greens so you are getting to your horse they they are no longer tolerating as an amber or saying no as a red but they are actually going to green and then what you will find is when you get to that place where maybe the spook or the behavior was happening that the um the behavior that not too great about was happening because you're not triggering 20 different things previous you might get a source of that behavior but you won't you hopefully won't get like a full-out explosion so take yourself walking into the office and the day that person asks you for a pencil sharpener but only maybe two things have gone wrong you'll go yeah I'll go and get it but you won't blow your top I mean I'm using like ridiculous analogies but you know that thing that you you some days some things can really rile you and other days you can cope and it's not necessarily what's going on in that office at that moment it's something that happened four hours previous or how you're feeling within your body and if if your horse has any element of pain within it this is going to be even more so like tolerating or pain we need to know that so all of this undesired that's what it's called undesirable behavior from our horse is telling us something so we have to check into why aren't they enjoying it can we get them to enjoy it and is it something deeper that's creating this not not enjoyment like pain but start with write that list put your green yellow or red markers next to it and just have a look and you might only have two orange markers yellow markers whatever you want amber markers whatever you want to call them but that might be your horse's tolerance and that's fine what happens if you change those yellow markers to green how would your horse behave so trigger stacking and for me and the window of tolerance and all of that hopefully that's explained it in kind of a way that maybe makes it more tangible to do and work with maybe that's giving you a ton of ideas and and this is also for you guys that I know that aren't out competing but maybe have a thought in the a dream for the future to be out doing it you don't need to wait to then to start the work now get yourself a set of, if you're in the UK and you travel with travel boots and you think you're going to travel with travel boots get yourself a cheap pair of secondhand travel boots start putting them on your horse start walking them around in them start giving them their dinner in them start letting them get to know them if you've already got transport uh, but you don't really use it start getting them to load with and without travel boots and I also say this with um, real sincerity too is even if you don't think you're going to uh if even if you don't think you're going to compete and I completely understand not everyone wants to compete I still 100% believe that horses want to be able to be comfortable getting onto some sort of transport to be halted even if you want to do all of your stuff not halted you want your horse to be able to be halted and led and standing still you want your horse to be able to have 
boots around their legs and bandages around their legs and you want your horse to be able to um, cope with the vibrations of clippers even if you're never going to clip them and the reason I say this is because you never know what's going to happen if your horse gets ill and I know that we can very much have an ideal world of what we're going to do with our horses and we're never going to compete them. We're not going to do that with them. And yeah, I'm not going to clip them. I'm going to complete them, keep them au natural and all of that. And I completely get that and I totally respect that. But we don't know what's around the corner. And God forbid if our horse got ill with colic or something and you needed to get them to a vet to save their life and they've never been in a trailer before or a box or they've only ever been dropped off to yours and that's it or you know that they don't like it and that's why you choose not to travel them that experience for them being forced into something like that isn't going to be fun and that's going to be really traumatic for you as well so even if it's not even in your brainscape to want to do it having it as a trainable behavior just like you might want to train them to back up or turn is getting them comfortable in that kind of space is only going to be to their better benefit so that god forbid if something was to go wrong you know that they're going to be fine with that even if even if it's not even on your radar and it's that's why haltering a horse is really key because if you have to deal with veterinary people or they have to go in and have an operation surgery um, emergency treatment they will re- be required to be halted they will be required to be held they will be required to stand still as they're touched all over they will be required to have potentially have a small amount of their hair clipped off to get a uh, intravenous drip in and if they are petrified of the clippers and if they are petrified of being held still like in stocks or if they are petrified with having their head moved around if we avoid this behaviour and we don't work for them to to feel comfortable with it, again, that's a level of trigger stacking on a day that you don't want to be trigger stacking. So you will, you will find that your horse is coping with maybe pain or feeling like utter crap. And then you're adding another trigger into that because they they can't be held or they can't be dealt with or they don't like men. I mean, I know, I know from so many experiences and your vet rocks up or the emergency vet rocks up and he's a man and you've only had had women deal with them because of it how can you and I understand there can be some real traumatic things in the horse's life but if the only vet on call is your is a man how can you make these plans sooner and how can you have so can, can you have it that your husband or partner or brother or whoever friend drop some feed over their door once a week as a man um, so that they start to relate men as something positive. Whatever it is, just have a think about that and, and really go into your horse's like whole potentials of life as well as things you want to do with them in the future. So things you don't want to do with them but that might come up, vet visits, things that you really would love to do in the future but you think you're nowhere near now but you could still be training for so you're not trigger struck stacking on that top at that time and then also the things that you're dealing with now and how your horse is behaving um how can you take away 
um, those triggers by training them, training your horses and working with your horses so they enjoy themselves so much more with all of the things we do and they don't just tolerate what we're working with. So hopefully that's a few things to think about. Um, I love this idea. I feel like it gives us a real autonomy and it really makes us think it can be quite raw, but you know I love a bit of rawness about feeling like, oh yeah, crap, they do just tolerate that, don't they? And it can be a bit like, oh, gut gut twisting for a moment but then how amazing you've recognized it and now you can go out and you can do some work around it to create that create that joy for them and hopefully what you're going to see is as you work with them over the next week or so you'll be like oh god no we need to work on rugging because they're just tolerating that we need to work on this because they're just tolerating that so have a good thing jump into the members chat share what you think about it if any questions come off of this, jump into the members chat on the app and ask me ask me or the group any questions. And um, yeah, hopefully this little yard talk has got you thinking. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening the whole way through. I sound surprised, don't I? I always am. And I'm always so grateful for your support. So I'm just dropping in here to remind you that if you want, if you're enjoying these podcasts and you want to know more and learn more and get into this kind of world of rider biomechanics, then to take a check out on my website, it's megparkinson.com. And on there, you'll find how you can work with me with a bit of detail or a bit more deeper concept. I do a lot of online stuff, virtual stuff, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. And to have a little look around the the Aligned Rider Academy. Um, it's under a new name. Yes, this is the old the online riding club. But the Aligned Rider Academy feels a little bit more apt as what we're teaching. Um, have a look around there, see what there is and see and maybe come and join me in it. We do so much stuff as a community. Um, there's tons of content for you to enjoy from the audio lessons to the equi stretch classes to the webinars um, to live Instagram chats just so so much um, I just basically put my heart and soul into the academy and so many people are loving it so why don't you come and have a look around too and it's only 15 pounds 15 pounds a month it's like 50p a day and you get a ton a ton of training content so have a little look around maybe sign up you can cancel any time so you can do a month and then go oh, I'm not really using it and you can cancel it it's fine I won't take offense <laughs> and um, enjoy the time with me a little bit more but thank you so much for listening to this episode and if I can ask you a cheeky little favor if you have found this episode interesting or any part of this podcast interesting could you please share with a friend I know everyone asks on the podcasts and every podcast you listen to everyone's like please 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 but it really really does help especially a little small person like me trying to kind of spread the word the biggest thing that you could do to help me um build my business and help me build my customers is just share 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 spread the word about what we do if it's helped you it will help someone else you know in and then if you want to even put it in your stories on social media little note on that i won't know you've shared it unless you tag me in it so tag me in it so i can see that you've shared it and i can like give you a virtual hug and say thank you um 
And obviously, if you do like this stuff, make sure you press subscribe so you get all of the latest episode dropping into your podcast app regularly. That just helps you make sure you don't get left behind. But I'm going to leave you there. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll speak to you next time.